it under 100. Folks, welcome back to the Keep It Under 100 podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Slater. Our other host, AJ, is also with me from... Actually, I'm coming to you from an undisclosed location in Georgia. AJ is coming to you from his office in Michigan. AJ, what's going on? Not much. Uh, this will be this will be interesting. At least run video, so it'll be pretty easy to yeah. We got to figure out. We got a little zoom. Talking. We got a little zoom call going to play off of each other. But uh, apologies up front if the audio sounds a little sketchy. But so far, so good. Anyway, uh, as always, let's uh, let's kick it off. We got a lot to get into. We uh, we really failed the listeners with the daily recaps at the at the Slater Cup about a week and a half. I feel like every time it's like I need to like make sure I don't get too drunk because we're gonna recap eventually and then the yeah. ten o'clock roll. It, it was roll. it wasn't even so much that it was a, it was the inability to keep a room of fifteen twenty guys quiet for ten minutes to do a recap was just an impossible task. After, especially did. after a day of golf. So. Yeah, I mean, everyone was enjoying themselves, especially the first first uh, three ni- first three nights when. It was close, and there was still a chance for Mexico to win. We we're, you know, pretty happy, and we'll yeah. kind of get to that later. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it. So we're gonna kind of backtrack here from the most recent, and then go all the way back to the Slater Cup. But before we get into the the other golf, we'll do the uh, our normal state of our game segment here with uh, kind of the golf that we played. So we don't need to get into Slater Cup, but kind of this past weekend, we both played in a tournament. We both had some some league play so how'd uh how'd you do tournament this is a scramble we did a charity scramble for yeah. those who are Char- charity scramble for the uh the hillside foundation shout out to kyle wilson for getting us in there they run a pretty good tournament they donate to uh to east detroit school programs every year they raise a lot of money so it's for a good cause and you know everybody loves a good scramble with some drinks so how'd uh, how'd you guys do we shot a 10 under with probably four holes we should have birdied if we could have putted. But it was still fun. I'm glad the weather held up because it was looking dire on Friday of just like 100% chance of storms. And it was, then It was looking dire for the first two holes when we got out there. As soon as we got in the golf carts, it started pouring. Yeah, the, I was soaked because I forgot my... Uh, bag cover, so I had to use my raincoat to cover my clubs, mm. which led to me being soaking wet. That'll get you. And I, from dry to wet to dry, and then it got like humid as shit, and I was just sweating my ass off, and yeah. I was wet again. Yep. Oh, well, you played uh, really well. You're the group behind us, and you guys were cruising. Yeah, we played really well. I think we were. We birdied the first four. Without really breaking a sweat, like we had, we were like inside of ten feet. No, we were inside of ten feet on three of the four, and we drained a bomb from like twenty-five feet on our second hole of the day. And then we get to that one par three, where as part of the outing, you can just buy a hole in one, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous, but it 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 was fine because it was a charity out charity outing, and the prize wasn't really. It's not like people were trying to really win the. They were trying to, but it's not like there was this huge win. Right, but that there, there wasn't this huge prize for the overall winner. 
it was really about the donations and everything. So obviously we bought that. And then I almost got my second hole in one by almost just dunking it right in the hole. It was it was wild because we had just walked off the green after our putt rimmed out for birdie. And we are waiting to tee off because it was a par five afterwards. And all I hear is clank and then see the ball drop back like two feet. And I was like, oh, my God. And at first I thought it was the chick that was there because they, they had a college golfer who was just hitting right. against the and you got some, and you got some raffle tickets that if she hit first, and then if you, anyone on your team hit the ball closer than her, you got like double the raffle tickets or something. And she actually missed the green, and then we had I think we had two balls on the green, and then mine just plugged. If you, you want to check it out, go check out our Instagram or Twitter for the pod at one hundred underscore keep it under. And we put a picture out there of just the indent in the in the cup that I ruined. That wasn't to be, but anyway, it was still a good time. We ended up shooting sixteen under with the bot hole in one, um, so technically fifteen under, and we tied for third. So that was pretty deflating. Wait, what was this? Who took second? What was the second place score? There was a team at seventeen under. And then there was a two-shot gap. The winning team ended up shooting 19 under. Well, the winning team was full of professional players in one. Yeah, that's schmuck. that's that's bad form. But anyway, I digress. Um, Doug Gim, join our scramble team next year. We need you. <laughs> yeah, friend of the pod. We need him on the on the squad for the Hillside Open. Um, but no, it was a good time. And then we had our league on Sunday. I think the, the kind of the post Slater Cup just kind of let down set in for me and I just I didn't have the juice on Sunday I just played okay I played pretty well with the exception of I think three bad holes my, my thinned wedges carried over to hole two like 105 out just bladed one into that median Ed Shores took an eight and then 16 lost a ball couldn't find it took an eight there and still shot 93 with two eights and I also had two three-putt bogeys, which was – sorry, three-putt double bogeys, um, which cost me. So probably could have been like an 88 if I just didn't play like a dickhead on a couple holes. Yeah, I ended up shooting 82, I think. I had a, I had an 8 on the par 5 13th. I, I just – I had a tin cup situation, basically. I was short si- <laughs> short-sided to a back-left pin. So I tried to hit just the mega flop to try and get it close. And the lie just, it was just too thick to go for that shot. Because it, it's to a point, if you have a really thick lie, the club's almost just going to go directly under the ball. And I did that three times in a row, continuing to try to hit the hero shot instead of just punching it onto the green and then trying to two-putt from there. So, Yeah, and, and I found an interesting way to play hole 14 there. I uh, managed to just like completely miss hit my tee shot into the like thick foliage right in front of the box. Yeah. Thought I lost the ended up right in front of the women or the front tees and then I stuck it to like three feet and tap in par. So I think I'm gonna just pitch my shot in front of the tee box on the uh, next round and just play from there is the best route because that hole usually pretzels me. 
All right. Good run, though. I beat him, and he was a little hungover, but a win's a win. Yeah, he was he was not happy after the round. But anyway, um, all right, so let's start with the, the most recent and least relevant tournament that we had over this past weekend. And I'm, I feel bad because it doesn't seem like a bad course, but it's just the downside of being the tournament right after the Open that people just are not going to care about it. It's not going to be a great field. Plus, it lines up with like people traveling to the Olympics, so you got a lot of people out anyway. But uh, Camp Champ, who we've been just trashing on the pod for for the entire, I think the entire podcast has been around has been trashing Camp Champ, which and he which back is on top. which is warranted though. So I got a stat I saw on the uh, on the No Laying Up Twitter that on the season. Cam Champ is uh, 206th on tour in 2021 in strokes gained putting. This week he was, this week he was first. So when you when you drive it like he can and have the ball speed that he does, all you need is a hot wheel hot week like that, and you're you're just gonna win because you're getting too big of an advantage off the tee. Yeah, he. I mean, he played well. I I thought my boy Ricky Fowler was gonna. I was going to pull it off, and I, that's, that guy, that's for his last six holes on Saturday. That's kind of why oh. I had no desire to watch on Sunday, though, because I was just so deflated that Ricky was wasn't in the hunt. I, I remember we were sitting at the, uh, at the table after the scramble, and I was like, the golf was on in the TV. It's like, oh, I have to pull up the, the feature groups. I just need to watch, like, Ricky. I'm like, he's playing well, and Scott's like, do you even have money on him, or you just really like him? Like, I don't have money on any of this. I just really want to see him do well. And as soon as I put it on, he bogeyed. And I was like, I got to turn this off. And I probably jinxed it. I'm sorry, Ricky Fowler. Uh, well, I think when we'll we done. were watching it, though, he was 5 under through like 11. He was at 11 under total. And then I yeah, checked. And then I checked it at the end of the day, and he went all the way back to like 7 under. And I was like, what the hell happened? He tripled 18. His his third shot ended up short, and then he was long on his fourth, and then he kind of played a little pitter patter across the green, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, Dustin Johnson weekend either. Yeah, he is. I don't know if he's hurt or what, but he just he just doesn't look right. I mean, he's kind of like your your big notable in missing the cut of the very few notables that were in, in oh, Doug Gim, friend of the pod, who went 68-74, by the way. Oh, so he looked like be in contention, and God knows what happened to him. I'm starting to starting to worry about DJ for the, for the Ryder Cup, unless he's just saving it all for the Ryder Cup. I, I don't think he's saving it all. I don't think, I don't think he's like, you know what, I'm going to enter these tournaments and play mediocre and poor and then really turn it on and so but if anybody was going to do that I think I feel like DJ could do that he'd probably just rather just not show up and do what he wants to on the weekends yeah so one more thing on Ricky before we before we move on though so even though he did shit the bed obviously he's still kind of trending in the right direction had a decent showing at the at the open but we we've been talking about his uh, his prescription sunglasses that he started wearing this year Strokes gain stat on putting with those on? Yeah, so before the glasses, he was like minus 17.4 strokes on the season. And after the glasses, he's plus 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. The glass, I might have to get glasses after this this past weekend's putting for me. I think uh, I don't need prescription, but sunglasses might be in my future here if uh, Ricky keeps it up. I, I always rock the glasses, but it, it used to be more of a a wind protection thing, so I didn't get stuff on my contacts. But then I got LASIK beginning of last year, and now I just do it. It's they're basically like eye protection goggles, and you're supposed to protect your eyes from the sun anyway after LASIK. So anyway, all right, let's. Uh, you wanna you wanna jump into the open? Yeah, let's jump into the open. Let's. Uh... So why don't yeah, why don't you great. why don't you start by giving us a rundown of the leaderboard with uh, Colin Morikawa's victory at Royal St George's? Yeah, so we had a stacked leaderboard, uh, especially I mean your top top five Morikawa, Spieth, Rom, Bustazen. So hold Kelly. on. So hold on, hold on. So before you keep going down that board have a great stat so I mean it kind of makes sense but so this is cumulative scores of players who made the cut in all four majors this year in 2021 and the top four are Rom, Morikawa, Louis, and Spieth. Yeah that does not surprise me. You got any guesses you got any guesses at who else is on that list? Uh top like is it top five? No, this is showing like the top ten ish, but yeah, if you name any of them, I'll give it to you because they surprised me kind of. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes. No, actually, not on the list. Uh, top. So Hovland maybe he's been around. Hovland not on the list. The they, they uh, all they surprised me. Scotty Scheffler was next on the list after Spieth. He was the fifth. Okay. Uh, Paul Casey was the only other one under par on this list. He was number six. Then you got like Big Bob McIntyre, Harris English, Shane Lowry, Ian Poulter, Matt Fitzpatrick, and DeChambeau also on that list. It just proves that DeChambeau has been playing not well in this. Yeah. In the, in the top that. Right. I mean, we've talked about it a bunch of times. Like, clearly, he's not playing with his best stuff, and he still can contend. It's like his floor is raised so much with with how he's playing now that it's just, you know, he's just very unlikable. What are you gonna do? Yeah, Shane Lowry. I feel like he always has one round or a couple holes that are just disaster each major, but then just finds himself hanging around right. in, in the top. He, he's he's an interesting person to watch. Like it was the Masters where he just chipped that ball right into the water. Yeah. So like I mean, one, he bogey, like three bogeys in a row and, row and still finished the round at you know plus one or even. Yeah. So I mean, I I was I was wrong about Rom. I mean, I was fading him hard coming into the Open just because he had just won the U.S. Open and I thought he was going to have a letdown, and he was like plus five at one point early in the first round and he came all the oh, way yeah. and he came all the way back and actually contended in that tournament yeah because he had that he had that double on nine and then really not a not a ton went on in his first round after that but he played great i mean at 600 in the second round so 
it's either his kid or him having COVID twice has made him like a super, you know, superhero in these majors. He's, yeah. he's playing well. Becca, you know, hanging around the top 10. Mackenzie Hughes was there this weekend after that, you know, crazy ball back. Dustin right. Johnson, so I mean, he played he played well in the open, but 3M, maybe he doesn't care, like you said. He's just right. saving it for the big stuff. Yeah. The uh, uh, side note with the Olympics coming up this week, uh, Obviously, Rom and DeChambeau pulled out, due, out due to COVID, and then you got Captain America stepping in. I didn't realize that Kepka and uh, Cantley turned it down. That, like that's that's what gave Reed the opportunity to get in in the first place. I mean, Kepka does not seem like a big Olympic guy, anyways. I think Reed's like Reed's probably so stoked to. To have this opportunity, yeah, for I sure. I think he'll do. It, the, it's weird though. Rom, he had two of three, ne- two or three tests for negative, and the IOC still sent them home after him being now vaccinated. Yeah, and having weeks ago or eight weeks ago. Right. So I mean, we'll see what happens with that. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious to watch later this week, see what happens. But uh, so back to the open. Speaking of interesting to watch. Uh, Jordan Spieth just continues to, with his good form, he ends up finishing second, and I think we all agree that those that bogey on 17 on Saturday and then the three-putt that he had on 18 ultimately cost him a chance to win. Yes, 100%. And, and you thought for a second, too, when he eagled seven on Sunday, especially mm-hmm. after having bogeys to start the round yep. like okay he's going to find his way back in it was just too little too late because Morikawa did not make any mistakes yeah and I, I mean, think I think the fact that that course got a little bit of rain you didn't get a ton of the crazy rollouts in the fairways like you get at the open sometimes and when the greens are that slow you're not you're just not going to have huge numbers unless a guy's hitting it all over the place and can't keep it in the fairway. Like you just don't have the big numbers with crazy four putts because the greens aren't fast enough for that to happen. So I think that actually frees up Morikawa a little bit, who I think struggles on the faster greens. Like obviously the guy can play anywhere because he's such a good iron player, but um, I think. Well, the, I mean, big like, free. He was he was eight under through his last thirty one holes. After he had bo- after the two bogeys on Saturday, so he didn't have anything super flashy, especially in that back nine. But he did just enough on Sunday to keep speed at bay well, after speed smash. Yeah, so like usually in the majors, like when you're watching the back nine, you're just getting anxious just watching it because you're just waiting for someone to collapse and somebody to make a run. And even with as much as I like would have wanted speed to win. At no point during that back nine did I think Morikawa was going to be giving any strokes back. No. And, I mean, Rom did his damnedest to make a run at it, too. I think he was four under on the back nine on Sunday. So those, those are, that was the run you were seeing. I mean, Spieth also, I think, three under on the back nine. It's just Morikawa just played. He's like, if I, if I was, his mentality was like, if I just par every hole, right. I'm not going to lose. And he pretty much did that. And had really good looks at birdie. So, like, it's hard to fix. So, Morikawa is a little bit older. He went to school for four years. 
and then went pro and I mean he's had a ton of early success obviously now he's got two majors in under the age of 25 which there's only like three people that have done that um but with with his game like it seem it really seems like he can contend anywhere with as straight as he hits it off the tee it's really just going to come down to if he puts average he can contend and win on any golf course Yes. No. But I mean, like you mentioned, his his irons are so good that if if he ever becomes a consistent putter, you're talking a guy that's going to win, you know, another handful of majors probably with yeah. the way he's playing. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But it also like we've had these same conversations about a lot of people. Like in 2014, if you would have told people that Rory would still only have four majors in 2021. You could have won so much money off of anyone who watches golf because it didn't look at all like that guy was slowing down. It's like yeah, it, it can could, it can happen at any time. You can find one of those bookies in the UK in 2014 that like let you bet on your kid making like the Premier League in soccer get those crazy odds that Rory wouldn't win another one. Yeah. It's, it's funny though. Seems like all the the younger the younger up and comers, Morikawa. Wolf, Hovland, their their weak link seems to be putting. That if like you know, if they ever get like consistent with that, and Morikawa shows it, or Cam Champ even this last week, that they're gonna win some tournaments because of how good they're they're at everywhere else off the beyond the course. Right. So, just to kind of key in on more like how good Morikawa has been with his irons in his career and this season. So uh, strokes gained approach is generally a pretty good measure of how good someone is just in general with their irons. And if you look at total seasons, strokes gained approach since they started coming out with these statistics, which I I want to say was 04. I don't I can't I don't know if that's correct, but either way, it's at least 04. Colin Morikawa has the fourth best season strokes gained approach this year at 1.5, basically per round. The next He's almost all Casey. Well, the next three are all Tiger Woods. 1.53 in 2013, 1.65 in 2007, and 2.07 in 2006. Those all came from uh, Sean Martin, who's on Twitter, the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean, the gap between Morikawa and second is ridiculous. Yeah, um, so I saw one uh, stat on Twitter. So Morikawa, strokes gained approach, the gap between him and second place is bigger between the gap between second and 55th. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how what playing with his irons, I mean, like you mentioned, his, his accuracy off the tee by him not really playing any type of action on the ball, it sets himself up so well to, to get it close and, and not have to be super concerned with his, his, I guess, lack of a better term, poor putting compared to the rest of his game. Right. If you so, wanted to play. So another, uh, another comparison to Tiger. So... So this is from 2004. I think I was right about the strokes gained. So 2004 to 2021, minimum 150 rounds played. 
and this is from Lou Stagner, who golf stat pro on Twitter. Uh, percentage of rounds with strokes gained approach more than two. So gaining more than two strokes on the field with just their approach shots. You have Morikawa at 28.3% of his rounds, Tiger at 27.8, and Matsuyama at 20.6. And then you got percentage of rounds with strokes gained approach better than 2.5. So gaining 2.5 strokes or more on the field. You got Matsuyama at 14.1%, Tiger at 17%, and Morikawa at 19.3%. So like when you look at it in that kind of scope, Morikawa has been a better iron player in the last, you know, two years since he's been on tour than Tiger has in that whole span. Now, granted, much bigger sample size for Tiger, and he's had injuries in there, but that's still a pretty staggering stat to look at. No, it's it's super impressive. and I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's super impressive how he's playing and when his putter's hot. It's, it's also, to kind of segue, super impressive how much Louis stays and hates when he majors. Oh, my and God. And how much... Much he loves finishing, teeth, you know, in the top five. It's yeah. it's insane. We just talked about this before. The guys made 15 straight cuts in majors with I think six top fives. Yeah, it's so, it's insane. So Louis Louis made 3.1 million dollars in majors in 2021, and has not won <laughs> and has not won one. He uh, looking in total. Top three, this is from Justin Ray on Twitter. Uh, top threes in majors since 2010. DJ's got eight. Louie and Phil both have nine, and Jordan has ten. Yeah, the guy is the guy's a second place machine. Like, I think you were jokingly said that he was, you know, working for a, uh, a grand slam of tied second or second yeah. in majors. Outside the master, I, I that that came from the uh, from the open recap from the no laying up guys, but they, they were joking that he's going for the grand slam of seconds, two grand slams of seconds in in majors. So he has two seconds at the PGA, two seconds at the U.S. Open, uh, one second at the Open, and one second at the Masters. He finished T three at the Open this year. If he would have Got another couple up. strokes and tied Jordan. He, he would have had two seconds in three of the four majors. Which is, I mean, yeah, you got to feel bad for him a little bit. But I mean, just like we said, I mean, he's made three point one million dollars this year. He's, this year, he's doing all right. He's no longer. I mean, he's getting talk. I think that the all the top five is getting his definitely making him way more talked about than he has been but that he still seems to be underrated i don't know i just like he's not like that star factor well it has to it it has to weigh on you right because he's got all these second places and like the other thing we had talked about before we started recording here was the fact that he doesn't have a win in the u.s so that like cam champ who you would never talk about coming into a major week or any big tournament he has three wins Louis has none on the PGA Tour that's crazy yeah it's absolutely bizarre I mean 
at least for Louie, he has a major victory. So yeah, it's yeah. And you know, the bridesmaid to the bride. Yeah. He at least has that, so I'm sure he's he's quite happy with having one of and those. You, I'm sure he'd taken one two more out of his top tens. And you gotta but, like you gotta like Louis's chances going back next year to St Andrews, where he won by eight. Yes. So another another stat I got here from uh, from Kyle Porter at CBS, uh, basically just how like golf is just fickle in general and how you know how slim the margins are from winning to not winning. So Phil Mickelson lost to 212 golfers in uh, the last three majors. He didn't make the cut at the Open. But in the other three, he lost to 212 golfers and won a major. Louis lost to four golfers total in three majors and didn't win any of them. That's that's a crazy, crazy stat. Phil did not have a good open weekend. Although, surprisingly, there wasn't too many like big notable missed cuts in the open. I think Patrick Reed and maybe... Jason Day, you can consider a bigger miscut there, but the usual suspects of the top guys played well enough to, to get into the weekend. Yeah. Unfortunately, Guido Migliozzi didn't make it. Hell of a name. He missed the cut. For sure. And Zep had a withdraw, so he seems to be kind of down, but he's, he's not uh, living up to the expectations I, I set on him earlier in the in the year. Well, you got to wonder. He's going to have to have some pretty good finishes to get into that Ryder Cup conversation at this point. Yeah, I mean, even if it's not him, you know, making it this year, I think he will be in the discussion oh, yeah. of the Ryder Cup for he's, sure. He's definitely got the game. Maybe he'll put, you know, some weight on and not weigh 30 pounds going into next season. I mean, does he really need to put weight on? I feel like he does. I think he's he's not. I mean, he needs to go full Bryson and just. Wait, you're, we're talking about Will Zalatoris, right? Correct. Yeah, the guy weighs like sixty pounds. Like, well, he's top twenty in strokes gained off the tee. It's not like this guy needs to be. No, I'm not saying he like, needs to like get bigger to hit it farther. I'm just he. You need to be a little sturdier. You got to be a little sturdier. A little sturdier, bigger base. Yeah, it won't get hurt as much. I don't know why we have to body shame Will Zalatoris right now. <laughs> I think he looks just fine. Um. All right. I mean, that's all I have. Well, open. Transition to the Slater Cup then from the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I like that. We're, I mean, we'll have to have a whole discussion about the Ryder Cup once we get closer to them making the picks and stuff and the FedEx Cup playoffs and all that. So I think we should. Let's uh, let's transition and fill the people in on everything that they missed after our day one recap. Well, they missed, they missed some heartbreak for Mexico. We'll edit out. Mexico did not do well in singles and ultimately so, lost. So what? So what? Everybody missed on. So day one, we felt we did the day one recap. It was uh, three three uh, in matches after the day one four balls, and then we had two rounds of two man scrambles Friday. 
and after the first round, we're six six. It was still tied at three matches apiece, and then the U.S. USA went four and two in the afternoon scrambles on Friday and took a two match lead. So it's just two points a match. So we it was twenty to sixteen with twelve singles matches to play, and. Whatever the U.S. had for dinner in the team room on Friday night, we uh, we came out just on fire and went uh, seven two and three for a. Uh, it, it was closer than it seemed. There was a lot of matches kind of up in the air. We had at least five matches go to eighteen, including the three ties, obviously, and uh, it was kind of in the balance up until that last maybe 45 minutes and yeah. those last all of those last couple of matches just kind of went the US way and it it makes it look not as close as it was but definitely some yeah, but some good play yeah. from the USA on uh, in the singles matches yeah by the time i had finished my match me and Kyle it was still undecided like we were down but there's still a chance for us to make some some moves and then like you said after you know another half hour or so the way things shook out uh we were we were done yeah so uh, overall the mexico mvp went to team captain mike yacht who ended up going three and one um putting the him saying he wanted to play you all four times he uh he put the boots to you over the weekend he did he stepped up their teams definitely played well against uh, me and my partners and they we we had a chance in both of the Friday matches were great matches one of them went to 18 the other one was over on 16 so um, well you but, were shooting like what and by the time your match was over on Saturday I was actually one under in my singles match going into 15 when the match ended so I that yeah. was I finally just made some putts. Like I played a little bit better, but I finally just had a couple putts go in. So it was it was bound to happen at some point. Yacht didn't play bad at all in the singles match. He was I think he might have been three over going into that fifteenth hole when the match was over. So clearly he has nothing to hang his head about. He still went three and one, got the MVP. I mean if you would have told him that he was going to go three and one playing against me four times, I think he would have taken that, and I think everyone on his team would have thought they'd have a good chance to win with that. Like, there's no way, you would, there's no way you would have told me that I would be zero and three and we would have a two match lead. I would not have expected that, but the guys stepped up, so that is true. And I finally got off the schneid by beating Bobian in singles after losing to him four times in a row. Yeah. Maybe five times in the last two years. I think technically I think, that's got to be your best round of your life then. like. Yes. I mean, so that, I shine 83. Which is better shine. better than your 78 at Shores. Correct. And I hit, fifth, I hit all but one fairway. All but the first tee, I hit the fairway. And the first tee, I was just in the rough. So off, apparently if I'm off the tee well, I'm uh, going to play well. So... <laughs> That's getting a little more consistent, especially since the same course in that practice round, which we talked about, I shot a 103, and I was plus 13 on those par threes on that course. Yeah. And even on those on Saturday. So it was a good round. Then we had the short cup afterwards, which 
people that don't know is a is a little voluntary scramble action. We had what six three man teams. Yeah, eighteen of the twenty four people played. So went to a playoff, and it never ended because we got tired and drunk to finish it. We were eleven holes through, and there's three teams tied. So that's crazy. Um, we also can't leave out the U.S. and overall MVP of the Slater Cup, uh, Mike Short. We had uh, yeah. we had two we had two of our guys go four zero, CJ and Mike both went four zero, so we just took it to a vote to everybody on the U.S. squad and um, my vote as well went to Mike. Mike was, I think, of the two, Mike probably had the harder matchups on paper. Um, obviously, they both played well and did their part, but um, it, we we had to give the nod to Mike. So. Congratulations to congratulations to him. The golf as of late, Mike has in the league. Also, Rock too. Another USA guy has been playing really Rock good is, golf. Rock game. is coming into form in. Um, per our some of our conversations on uh, Friday night, Rock was was not happy with me as team captain being zero and three. So he actually convinced the rest of the team that he was now the acting captain for the rest of the weekend, and. Uh, <laughs> He took he took credit for the team's turnaround into singles, so he's uh, he's the uh, he's the interim captain until I take it back at some point this off season. So, but yeah, he is he's playing really well, and he's actually got a chance in both of our leagues now. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah, now, do we have do you have any idea of where we uh, might be next year, course wise? You know, what's the short list? Uh, we we got a lot of work to do on that. I actually did send off a uh, like a quote. Um, email to a course that Rock sent me called Island Hills. It's somewhere out in the Grand, somewhere out in the Grand Rapids area. It looks, it looks pretty sweet. It actually showed up on a list for like the best lodging in the state. It looks, okay. it looks, it looks interesting. I want to see what they come back price wise and look into the course a little more to see if it if it fits us. But obviously, I think uh, the Loon is always on our short list. I think going back to Bucks Run is on the short list and then um i'm gonna check with manistee again see how that goes and then um where kevin smith goes every year and where you went crystal mountain crystal mountain is also on the on the short list i think i think the only negative right now that i can see about island hills is just 118 but that's fine we've been talking about going back to to one course so yeah, I mean, I liked both courses this year. I mean, I thought... Uh, I did. I don't mind it. I just wouldn't want to do it every year. I wouldn't mind, like, every third year we just do one course for all four rounds. That wouldn't be bad. I mean, that gives you also more options to choose from as well. Right. Let's just do our... Let's just go big. So we've been... We, we, we were talking about that on Saturday, basically saying we charge everybody like an extra hundred bucks for like the next five years. And then for the 20th anniversary, we just say, screw it. And we go to Arcadia. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So I think that, uh, that's going to be in the works. So let's put all the money that into like a, you know, every year it's put into like a six month CD and keep rolling forward. So it makes money. Exactly. So we can. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, you go, you got anything else? No, I think uh, I think we're good. Next, it'll, it'll be uh, it'll suck that next week I'll have to miss league. That should be next week my first golfless weekend. I think all summer I'll have. A, that sounds awful. 
It's gonna be sad. Yeah. Like, Five get, is my dad. So. Your dad what? My dad's retirement party, so I'll be doing stuff for that all weekend. Right, give give the clubs a rest, maybe a good cleaning. Get ready for the next week. I need to. I can't wait to get fitted in the off season because I have a weird gap. I don't use my my four iron very much. And I don't have a five iron, so I go six iron to three hybrid, which is a tough gap to fill sometimes. Thankfully, we don't play a ton of long courses, so I have to really use a long iron. But yeah, do that eventually. All right. At least have well, we'll have to. Uh... We'll have to get into some of the. Uh, we'll have the FedEx Cup playoffs coming up pretty soon, but we'll get a chance to get into some of the uh, some of the other non-golf related or non-tournament stuff that we want to get into. You know, as we get yeah. to the end of the summer, and we'll have to talk about the Ryder Cup, obviously, and then get the Olympic golf recap next week too. Exactly. So, <laughs> all right. Well. Thanks for doing this. I'll be. I'll actually be back in Georgia again in two weeks. So maybe we can. We can do one that week as well, and then we got a couple interviews that we're going to line up as well with a couple good guests. But uh, anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, uh, everybody. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at one hundred underscore keep it under. You can always email us at one uh, hundred keep it under at gmail dot com. And uh, if you're playing golf this weekend, if you're getting fitted, if you're just out there practicing. You guys know what to do. Keep it under 100. Keep it up. Rizzo, do it. When you grab all your buds and you about to hit the links, when you take out a club and you about to hit a swing, what you gonna do? Shit, what you mean? Keep it under, keep it under, under 100. 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 We keep it under 100.